Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Our next psalm is kind of um, medium length as far as the number of verses. is 35 verses. The authorship in most manuscripts is unattributed, but according to the Septuagint version of the Bible, once again, there is a, a prefix that attributes it to David. So um, uh, we'll just say that that is a possibility that David may have written this. It certainly sounds like something David could have written. The occasion is unknown, but the psalmist um, uh, lavishly praises God for uh, his created order. And uh, also he praises God for his careful oversight in maintaining creation. So let's, um, let's go right to the psalm now, Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for the people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hydrex. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, and it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises, and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed, to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. 
When you hide your face, they're terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God for as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. So this psalm has um, a lot of references to nature. And um, it personifies nature in some respects. By that I mean it makes nature sound like um, it has human attributes. But it starts out verse 1, Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Now notice this reference to uh, the Lord being clothed with splendor and majesty. Because immediately it goes into the next verse, verse 2, to explain what he's clothed with. It says, the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. So you're clothed in splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light uh, as with a garment. Now, I want to step aside from the text for a moment and take a little um, uh, license with you listeners and explain a, a tradition among the Jewish people. Related to this, the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. Some of you have seen Orthodox men wearing a prayer garment known as a tallit. That's the garment that you'll see that's kind of like an apron, and it has tassels hanging off of it. This tallit was created in, in fulfillment of the Lord's instructions in the Torah in Numbers 15 and Deuteronomy 22, that a garment would be made to remind them of the word of the Lord. Now, this tallit, the tradition among Orthodox Jews is that they don't begin to wear one of these, and it's only for men, until the day of their wedding. Why did they choose the day of their wedding? Because it is a not lore, not scriptural, but uh, tradition among the Jews, an oral tradition, that God was seen wearing a tallit of light, a garment of light. Remember, he wraps himself with light as a garment on his wedding at Mount Sinai in Exodus uh, chapter 19 through 24. And we refer to that as the wedding at Sinai because God said that he was the husband and Israel was his wife. And from that point forward, he considered himself to be married to Israel as a people. But this um, reference to he wraps himself in light as with a garment, if indeed this occurred at the wedding at Sinai, and I believe it probably did, then the Jewish tradition of wearing a, a tallit on the, the bridegroom's wedding day stems from this. I think it's a very interesting and uh, precious tradition. Uh, it may be no more than a tradition, but it may be based on historical fact that's extra biblical. But David alludes to it, or the psalmist alludes to it, with the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment in this verse too. Probably um, speaking of the same thing I just described. Continuing, he goes on to say something that's very famous in verse 4. He makes winds his messengers and flames of fire his servants. That's that's New International Version. King James says he makes his angels winds 
and his servants flaming fires. And so either way, uh, this reference to his messengers and his servants, his angels and his servants, possibly, it could be that winds and fire are supernatural indicators of the presence of the angelic messengers. Just, again, throwing that in. He sets the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. And then we go into a section where the, the scriptures refer to the waters and that the water covers the earth like a garment, that the garment of the water is provided by the Lord. The Lord has set a boundary where the waters will never again cover the entire earth and destroy mankind. Yet the waters give moisture and life to all the beasts of the fields and the birds of the sky and so forth. The psalmist then explains that the Lord provides food and habitats for both man and nature. Verse 14, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hydrax. Uh, he provides some water, and he also provides light. In verse 19, he made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. Verse 22, the sun rises, and the animals steal away and return to their dens. People go out to work, and their labor uh, continues till evening. And so this this um, natural device of the created order provides the structure in which mankind lives and um, moves daily. But the Lord created every aspect of it. He created uh, the sun, the moon, the water, uh, the animals. And not only did he create them, he maintains their function as long as the created order endures. The Lord created every creature the Lord uh, maintains every animal, uh, family, and kingdom, and every aspect of nature. So whether it's the sea with its vast, teeming creatures beyond number, uh, filling it, the Lord is in charge of that. The Lord provides their proper food uh, in due time. And it, it says these words, verse 29, when you hide your face, they're terrified. That's talking about all the animal kingdom. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. And so the Lord is uh, responsible for life itself. Verse 30, when you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. So it's um, painting a very accurate picture of the Lord's um, not only participation, but his dominion over the created order. In verse 34, or 31 rather, we have a bit of a, a wish prayer for God's glory to continue and uh, for him to continue to look over the earth. Verse 31, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. And we, uh, we agree with that. May the glory of the Lord endure forever, and may he maintain his creation. Finally, it closes with um, a word of praise, several words of praise, and a call for the wicked to perish and be no more. Verse 33, I will sing to the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditations be pleasing to him 
as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. So, friends, um, an interesting psalm with a lot of um, fascinating imagery. I am personally fascinated with this idea of the Lord clothing himself with splendor and majesty and wrapping himself in light as with a garment. This tradition really appeals to me personally. And so, Lord, uh, we thank you that the psalmist, and we assume it could be David in this this instance, wrote about this um, idea that you're clothed with splendor and majesty and that you wrap yourself in light as with a garment. Of course, it could be just lavish poetic language, but perhaps it's much more than that. The scriptures allude to you dwelling in inapproachable light. Jesus came on the scene in the Gospel of John as the light of the world. He declared himself to be, I am the light of the world. And John said he was a light, both in his gospel and in other places in his letters. Lord, we recognize that you are the light of the world, that it is only appropriate you would clothe yourself in light. May we be people of light. Lord, send your angelic messenger, send your flames of fire to protect us and to stir us. Lead us into ever deeper levels of relationship and holiness. May we come to love you as much as you can receive love from a human being. And may we be equipped to receive love in the ways in which you extend it. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.